In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. All right, it's time. In the Lab, Drew Doherty, John Harris. We're doing this over Zoom because I'm in Houston getting set for the D'Amico Ryan's press conference later today. John is in Mobile, Alabama, holding it down, covering the Senior Bowl in all your glory. John, it's good to be with you. I know you've got other favorite weeks of the year, but is this maybe near the tippy top for you as one of your favorite weeks of the year? Well, typically it is, Drew. Uh, This week, I mean, it's kind of not because I just hate the fact that I'm not there for D'Amico Day Mm -hmm. on Thursday. I I mean, I'm glad I'll be here for the D'Amico career, but it would be really cool to celebrate with, you know, not only D'Amico and and with, you know, the people in our building, but also with the players that are going to be coming back. I heard Wade Smith yesterday talking as I got a decent drive from my place. I'm staying into into the Senior Bowl. And Mm -hmm. so I was listening to them and Wade said, man, it could be a pretty big number of former players that are there. And that's always kind of fun to see those guys chop it up and then chop it up with them. So I, I hate that I'm not there for that. Um, but it is, it's a fun week to see the future of Bell, but also the future of the Texans. I remember last year, like, okay, which of these guys are going to be Texans? You know, there I am sitting watching, you know, Jalen Petrie and Damian Pierce yeah. and wondering, okay, well, who's going to be the Jalen Petrie and Damian Pierce of this you know, of this group this year. And that's what always makes it exciting. Um, you know, John Grenard was one of those guys back in yep. 2020. Um, you know, I saw him there at the Senior Bowl, interviewed him at the Senior Bowl uh, yep. before there, he was even a glint in the Texans' eyes, if you will. So, <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always a fun fun week from that perspective for sure. Hell, you interviewed Dak Prescott when Dak Prescott yeah. was playing in the Senior Bowl. You even had him saying, go Texans. So, yeah, it's um, – yeah. It's something yeah. fun that I've been, I've been a few times. I think I went in 10, 11, and maybe 13 and 14. It's, it's always an interesting experience, interesting exercise. And we're going to get into that in depth probably next week and in the sure. weeks to come. But today yep. it's all about number 59. No, not Kenyon Green, because Kenyon Green said, D'Amico Ryans is the OG 59. And no, not Whitney Merciless. We do love Whitney, but yeah, man, D'Amico Ryans is coming back. There's going to be, you just mentioned the the former players in the building, probably going to be north of 20 to 25 former yeah. guys. There's also going to be a lot of other interesting, notable names here. And I'm just going to tease that, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of big Houston personalities. I'll just say that. So it's going to be a fun afternoon. It's, uh, it's going to be at 3.59, and some folks might say, you mean 4 p.m.? No, 3.59 <laughs> because he yeah. was number 59. So I don't think every press conference with D'Amico is going to start at that, you know, 59, but it's just like, <laughs> something fun to do there at the start of the hour, you know, or at the end of the hour for the uh, the beginning of his time here. It's just this place, John, as you know, went bananas on the day he was hired a few days back. Yeah. and. He was in the building. We saw him, you know, throughout the day here and there, but nothing had become official because he was still talking with people and still figuring things out. And then the sources kind of started coming out. You saw the the rap sheet tweet. You saw the Schefter tweet. And then a few minutes after that, the Texans come out and make it officially official. And there was just a big, big roar that went up here in the building. When he walked through, he came out of one office and walked through, the main offices just briefly to go into a, a conference room and 
everybody in the offices saw him, the people that work here, and they just erupted. And it was really, really a cool moment, John. Yeah, it's it, you know, like I said, that's one of the that's one of the regretful things about not being there this week is to have experienced that moment because hugely important. Funny, I had a conversation with Mike Keith, and I'll try to make this long story short, but Mike Keith is the play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Titans. He said, you know, John, mm-hmm. over in our business ops, you know, they've you know, a lot of people have been there. You know, and this thing cycles out probably three to five years. He's like, we got people over there three to five years, and they've never lost. Know how to handle this seven-game losing streak. You know, they're putting together good content. They're putting together a good sales package. And Tennessee fans are saying, no, why do I want to talk to you? You guys stink. And they don't know how to react to that. (laughs) We've been the flip side. You know, we've got people in there that, you know, our our ticket people, our sales people, those people have been through hell, man. And they're calling people and they're getting just hung up on and you know they're like why would i support the texans and man they've gone through it and i'm not going to say it was all worth it but to have that moment to be able to say oh man we got it right and to celebrate after all the despair and after all the 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 junk and, and i mean you and i have experienced it i'm sure plenty of times i mean when we were you know 11 and 5 we could have probably farted into the mic and gotten listeners in some sense because it was something connected to the Texans and people wanted to be excited about that. And so we, we could have done that. We could have made animal noises for 30 minutes and people would have been like, man, that podcast was awesome. We could have gotten, you know, 5,000 listens or whatever that morning. We did some of our best in the labs the last three years. They probably fell into the crevice because people, as they said to me many, many times, John, I love you, but I can't do it. Not the way the organization is right now. I just can't support that. And I, Okay, but then on third or on uh, Tuesday, when it's announced, and now all of a sudden, I mean, my 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 inbox is flooded. I mean, I have yeah. text from three different cities in Texas, like, "Hey, can you join a radio show and talk about this?" And I'm like, you know, it's like one of those. Well, where was I three years? You know, and I but I get it. I totally get it. They're relevant again, and now it's time to go prove it on the field. And I do think that's where being in Mobile is big because this is where you're going to find another couple of pieces. I mean, two of the biggest foundation pieces for this team in the future were found at the senior bowl last year in Jalen and Damien. So they got to continue to find those guys, but to be able to have cap back as the guy leading that, I just wish I could have experienced that sort of joy or saw the joy on people's faces drew, because that's what this thing is all about, man. This thing isn't about being dragged through the mud uh, because we, we, we didn't have anything to do with that. We didn't make those decisions. We come in and put together good content and try and infotain people on football and the Texans. And we've done that. You know, we've taken big hits because of that. I was happy for everybody. I saw the pictures of you and Mark and DP shaking hands with D'Amico. And I was just so happy, you know, for everybody involved. Uh, and then I went right back to watching practice because that's kind of what I do. So um, the, the time to be spent with D'Amico will be, you know, will be soon for me personally. But just for the fans to hear from him on Thursday, is is going to be awesome and the former players to be there to talk glowingly uh, about him is going to be awesome and i've said this to a number of people because here's the other one drew i'll tell you this you know when when you and i came to the senior bowl we were in the midst of nine and seven winning divisions you know Mm -hmm. we were right there relevant with with teams and and such the last three years i've come senior bowl you know i've just had kind of you know people just kind of look at me first year i remember in 2020 we just come off 24 to nothing to kansas city and it was just almost it was like i had three heads you know i was like oh yeah, yeah. they're the texas that's the texas guy like oh god in the last couple of years because things were so bad i mean i i literally last year i heard somebody behind me they saw me walk by or i had, I had texans hat i always wear texans gear 
and I could hear them talking about the Texans and how bad it is. And I heard one actually say, why is that dude wearing that gear? And I was like, I was like, this, you know, so this year I show up and it's like, D'Amico, like, not to say that I need that. I couldn't care less what people are saying about me or whatever. I'm always repping the Texans gear. That's my squad. It's my team. That's my employer. That's everything. But man, it was like, people wanted me to hide in shame because I was part of the Texans. I'm like, you know what? We're going to get out of this. And then I show up this year and it's like, oh man, yeah. holy cow. D'Amico Ryan's and it was just a total different vibe, man. It was really cool. Yeah. You know, it, it's an interesting guy because he kind of bridges a few different eras. He, he played with Seth, Seth Payne and Kylie Wong guys who were original Texans, but then he yeah. also played with JJ Watt who, right. you know, was a transcendent star and everything. And if you think about it, D'Amico left when the franchise was at its highest because right. they just come off that 2011 campaign and they fought the Ravens tooth and nail on the road in the playoffs, but they had TJ, they had a rookie fifth round quarterback, you know, starting for him. And so the idea was, Hey, Schaub's coming back and this defense is going to be the same. It's going to be awesome. And then that off season after 11, before 12, which was a good a year, D'Amico gets traded and it's an under, it was a big day and it was a, a tough day for the franchise. And Rick Smith, has talked about how hard a, a decision that was to make, you know, because the Texans were up against it salary cap wise. But you know, the Texans had a good run; they went eleven and one to start the year. But then, December, January of that year, De December twelve and January of thirteen in the playoffs, you saw what not having D'Amico Ryan's and also what not having Brian Cushing meant to this team, meant to this defense. Because you know, when you've got Brady James, who good guy, good player, but had was on the down end of his career. You had guys like Brady James and Daryl Sharpton and you know, Tim Dobbins and Barrett Rude, guys who, who had not been starters having to play significant roles on that defense. And you missed the leadership. You missed the the big playability and the the excellence at that position. And that really wound up hurting the Texans down the stretch in 2012. If those two guys are playing, we might be singing a different tune about what happened back then, but he's a representative of a time D'Amico Ryan's when this franchise was kind of rising and getting at its, at its peak. And I think a lot of people are excited about that. A lot of people remember that. And just based off of social media interaction over the last two days, oh, Jordan, yeah. it's like yeah. being back in those times when you could do anything and, and people were excited about it and you know re-energized by it so it's just been so much fun seeing him and seeing what he's meant now as a as a coach and as as a sign of hope that's what this is all about right now is the hope that comes with D'Amico Ryan's John yeah you hit in the big the big uh word Drew and that and that is hope and and you know look 32 teams fans go into a year with hope every year uh, and it eventually ends up being one team that gets to experience the Lombardi trophy and, and that kind of thing. But I think all 32 teams look back at their year of hope and go, okay, how, how did it, how did it turn out? Um, and there have been plenty of years in Texans history where, okay, you didn't win a championship, but man, you took significant strides. Mm -hmm. You can feel good about, you know, the wins that you had that year. I think, you know, 2011, obviously, you know, you think back, you're like, okay, you didn't win a championship, but my goodness, what did you do during that year? And yes, that has a lot to do with expectations. And D'Amico's arrival or arrival is gonna gonna change the expectations for the Texans. And that's good because there'll be more talent added. There'll be uh, more coaches added that have been around 
uh, different places. And obviously, D'Amico is such a leader of men. I think he's the right guy for this team at the right time. And look, I know I can hear critics like, well, he's never been a head coach. Yeah, there have been a lot of guys that have never been a head coach. There's always got to be a first time, right? Uh, and you learn. You learn mm -hmm. through that. And the great ones end up learning what it's like to be a head coach. Uh, and they figure it out. They figure it out rather quickly. Sean McVay got hired by the Rams. And everybody's like, who is this surfer boy who's 32? Well, two years later, he's going to the Super Bowl. And then a couple of years after that, he won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So the great ones end up figuring it out. And hopefully D'Amico falls into that great ones category to, to be that guy. And look, sometimes it doesn't. D'Amico's coming here at a time where grow the organization. It's a success. Mm -hmm. it's really a success because we had been in that abyss for so long and I think that's what why this excitement is in so loud and vociferous in some ways because it's been difficult and so from that perspective just uh, you know the finding out about D'Amico Drew is interesting being at the senior bowl and I've been talking to people about it all day and I'm sitting there watching O-line D-line and I get up I feel in my pocket, my, my phone vibrate twice. Okay, I got a text that, look, it's official. <laughs> you know, you're at the Senior Bowl and nobody really kind of hoots and hollers about anything, you know, you know, unless there's something happening on the field that's, you know, incredible. And I just got to the car and I got in my car as I'm, as I'm doing this Zoom right now and I got in the car and I just kind of like grabbed the wheel like, did it, we got it right. I mean, that was the guy everybody <laughs> talked about, you know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. was the guy that everybody was talking about. And, I, and Mark and I would talk about it. You and I would talk about it like, okay, what if it's not D'Amico? Like, we would look at plan B, but D'Amico is plan A, plan A.2, plan A.3. Mm -hmm. And we're only getting to plan B if D'Amico just says no. And thankfully, he didn't. And, and the feeling was mutual that he wanted to be with Houston as well. So but this is such a monumental moment for everybody in the organization and the organization itself. And, you know, I just can't wait to see what he's able to do uh, alongside Nick Cesario and the McNair family. And, um, get this thing going where we want it to be and you know, hopefully play uh, meaningful mid-January football and hopefully on into February very soon. I like the sound of that. All right, John, good to talk with you. Can't wait to see you again very, very soon. And this has been an In the Lab.